Vineyard Sermon Series. We have two Sundays left, including today. Is that crazy? That, this Vineyard Series has flown by. Just, it's gone. It's over, almost. Vineyard. Man, looking at the vineyard illustrated as a believer. Today's message is entitled, New Wine. We've had a song sung every single Sunday entitled, New Wine. Um, if you haven't noticed that we sing it, pay attention in worship. It's happened every Sunday. <laughs> New wine. There's a few words in there that this message today is really focused on that sermon or that song, that song. And it really represents the different stages of a believer from start, middle, and seasoned. And it would, we would be remiss if we think that once we're saved, we're good to go. That's, that's not where our journey in faith ends. That's, it would be sad if that's all we had in this life. If we just said yes to Jesus and we're like, I'm good. See you in heaven in uh, 40, 50 years, God. We'd miss out on everything. The fullness. Likewise, with, with the difference between grape juice and wine is the maturity. Maturity. The, the seasoning, the flavor, the, the sitting around, just like with Christianity. It's about maturity. So in the Vineyard Sermon Series, message today entitled New Wine, we're specifically looking at the grapes coming off of the vine and going through the process before ending up at a, a store, you know, in a bottle. So what happens is, number one, when the grape comes off, it has to get crushed has to get crushed. You know there's a difference between crushing and pressing? I always thought those were the same thing. When you hear crush and press, I might be the only one who thought that, but I for sure thought it was like, you just have to crush the grapes and they're good to go. Number one, crushed. It's in the song we sing. Crushed. This represents salvation in the life of a believer. Crushed. It's in A, the first thing that happens when something's crushed is it's breaking the flesh. Do you know that the number one part of uh, crushing a grape, it's when the skin bursts and the juices start coming out. Have you ever, has anyone ever seen I Love Lucy? Did you ever, do you know what episode I'm, th I'm talking about? Or they're dancing inside the graves? <laughs> I was, I was, what? Oh, I, you saw it. You saw how it, everyone listening on the audio podcast did not just see that little dance. But inside the whole goal of crushing a grape is not to get all the juices out. It's actually just to break open the flesh so that the inside is exposed to the outside. That's, the, that's it. They're not taking out all the liquid to be bottled at this point. All that's happening is just breaking the flesh so the inside can be exposed to the outside. That's what happens in our salvation. Is when we come to Jesus and say, God, Forgive me of my sins. That's literally just breaking open the flesh, saying, God, I'm letting you into the inside of my life fully. I don't know about you, but I remember when I first went to Jesus, 
And I was like, God, forgive me all my sins. And I just started saying them. And it was one of those like ugly face cry moments with me and Jesus. That's the first part of salvation. It's just saying, God, I'm, I'm exposing everything that I am that's secret, that's covered up. I'm, I'm exposing all to you, God. It's breaking open the flesh. B, the second thing that happens in the crushing, when, the, the, when grapes are being crushed open by Lucille Ball, <laughs> B, nothing is wasted. I love this. Did you, do you know when, when grapes get crushed, they start stomping it out, and the, the liquid inside is exposed to the oxygen, but all of the, the flesh, the shell, is mixed in with it, and it just sits in the liquid. All the seeds are mixed in with it. It just sits in the liquid. All of the branches and the stems, everything sits in this liquid to ferment. Everything sits there. Is that all the toe jam, all the other stuff? <laughs> You're what? I had to go there at some point. People are stomping on with their feet. I know they wash their feet, but it's just, it's vivid in my mind. <laughs> but everything sits in this giant vat. And the interesting thing is, in doing this research, the liquid takes on all the flavor of all these things. Those things do not, they don't stay with the wine forever, but in the season, it's absorbed and it enriches the liquid. The flavor comes through. I thought it was really interesting because as a, as a believer, our past, our sins, our hurts, our frustrations, the the hellish things we went through, it's not wasted. God uses it as flavoring in our lives as we proceed forward to communicate the gospel f- with others. It's just flavoring. It's seasoning. It's, it's moving forward. It enriches people's lives that come in contact with us. Nothing is wasted. One of the worst things you can ever do is just hide away everything you went through and never share it with others. Because God is preparing you to move forward with it. It won't last with you. The, the, the wine doesn't move forward with the stems and with the pulp and with the seeds. But it's all through the flavor to move forward. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have, all, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, everything in your life. It doesn't just say the good things in your life have made you better. It says everything has come in contact with your life to make things good. Everything you went through is not wasted. And the third thing, the third thing that happens when grapes are crushed is this is the fermentation process. Fermented. First it's, first it's breaking the flesh, then it's nothing's wasted, then it's fermented. This is the time that the, the, the juice comes out of the shell and it sits there with the oxygen and the sugars interact and everything is altered. It, it's, it's official, almost DNA completely changes just like when we're saved. All of a sudden, when, when we're crushed, if you will, illustratively crushed before Jesus, all of a sudden we completely transform from what we were into who we are now. 
It's the same concept. There's a transformation happening when we're saved. I vividly remember exactly where I sat, exactly who I talked to. I see that guy's face. I don't remember his name because it was a random encounter. But I, I, I see it because it's completely transformed in that moment. Salvation is so similar. We, we're completely changed, completely transformed. If you haven't had one of those moments, please, let's talk afterwards. And you too can have one of those moments. <laughs> Be transformed because we're crushed. Number two, it's really interesting because grapes, they first get crushed, but then they have to get pressed. Number two, pressed. I thought this was pretty interesting because in doing the research, <coughs> grapes are first just opened up and exposed to the elements, and then they start changing into wine. They're fermented, all that. But then after it goes through that process, it, it has to be separated. So the first aspect is really looking at salvation, but being pressed represents being discipled. It's really what it looks like when we're discipled, when we're pressed. Because when we're first saved, that represents everything is together, we've exposed, we're transforming, we're different, but then the disciple is saying, all right, let's actually put some weight on this, press it down, because we need to separate who you are from who you used to be, but keep the flavor so others can be transformed. Being discipled is just refining who you are. So A, first thing in being discipled and also with the grapes, re remove the skins. Remove the skins. See, when things are pressed, one of the first things that happen is the the bulky skins, you know, on grapes, that like outer shell, that when it's pressed is, a, is one of the first things to stick behind to be separated from the juice because it's so bulky, it's so big. It's, it's the flesh of the grape stays behind. In Christianity, when we're discipled, our flesh is separated more and more, meaning our sin, meaning our things that hold us back, the things that are preventing us from living our life in the fullest. It's those aspects. What, when we're discipled, it's this pressing saying, listen, I can't go back to my old ways. I can't do this again. I, I, I'm being pressed through it. It's removing all those things. Romans 6, 4 says, We are buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Remove the skins. That's such a weird wording. It really just comes down to saying, I want to be discipled so that my past life won't try to come back to me. I need, other, I need someone else to partner with me on that. That's what that's about. If you don't have someone doing that, that means you're not being discipled and you're stuck in this like purgatory state between salvation and discipleship. That's what needs to happen next for your life. B, the second thing. So the, the skins first come off when it starts pressing down, but then the next, as it keeps going, the seeds start popping out. 
the seeds. You know, when grapes are pressed, they have seeds in them. That would be kind of weird if you're going around, there's a bunch of floaters sitting at the, at the store in there. I'd be like, is that aloe vera bottle? Like, what is that? That's gross. I can't get distracted. Okay. As it's pressed, the seeds, the, the seeds come out. What does that represent? The seeds are what God has been speaking to you to plant seeds in other people's lives. God does not intend for you to hold on and to hoard what he has been speaking to you about. He gives it to you to be changed and add to your flavor, but then say, I am planting this seed because I'm believing in this person's life. You do not hold on to everything that God has been speaking to you about. You got to pass it forward. The seeds are, a seed can't grow unless it's planted and buried. And when you hold on to it, it's not planted and buried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to pass it forward to plant it in someone's life. When you're discipled, it opens up your eyes to say, you know what? I've been sitting around and I've been, it, my salvation's been all about me. But my salvation, being discipled, you learn it's about loving God and loving others. And when God said the greatest commands boil down to, all the laws boil down to two things, loving God and loving people, if we took that test right now, would we get 100%, 50%, or 0%? Because there's only two questions, so you know you can only get 100%, 50%, or 0%. It's a real easy metric. It's just two. Are, are you loving God or love, and loving people? Move the seeds. Psalms 126.6. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. That's so prophetic. They weep as they go plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This represents like the emotional state. Oh, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know if I want to do this. And you're, you're weeping inside. You're, you're almost sad. It's like you have anxiety or you have frustration or you're scared. It's like you have this emotion going of saying, I don't know if I can let go of this. I don't, I don't know if, if I'll be embarrassed. I don't know if what will happen. And it's like this hesitancy. But it says, but once you plant it, you will return and reap from it. But it, can you get past the emotional state of getting over that hurdle? Because as long as you're focused on the hurdle, you won't see the finish line. Keep your mind on the finish. They sing as they return with the harvest. If that's your mindset of just saying, man, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to have joy, I'm going to sing with the harvest, that hurdle of emotions doesn't even matter. Do what you're supposed to do. See, the last thing that happens with the, in the pressing with the, the grapes is removing the branches and stems. It's really interesting. So after it presses down, you have all the, the grapes and it's going and it's, the skins are coming out, the seeds are coming out, but then after it finishes, it comes back up and then they have to remove all of the branches and stems. Do you know what that represents? I love this part. This is probably, this is one of my favorite points. The branches and stems represents your relationship to God through people. When you're discipled, prior to being discipled, most Christians 
will have a relationship to Jesus through a person. They'll say, oh, can you, can you pray for me about this? Can you, can, you, can you do this? And all of a sudden, they can only access God if they go to a friend or someone else. That's in their mindset of, oh, I can, I, I can only, God will only hear me if I talk to this person because that person I know, well, that person can pray better than me. And God doesn't want you to have a relationship through someone to him. God said, no, I sent Jesus, not, they got you connected, but you need to let go of that so you have a relationship between you and God. Your relationship is not you to someone, to someone, to someone, someone, and then to God. There is no telephone game here. It's you and God. When you're discipled, you learn how to have a genuine relationship with God. If you don't feel like you have a genuine relationship with God, you might need to be discipled. I, I, I want to challenge you on that. If you're saying, man, you know what? I'm pretty sure I do. You should get discipled. If there's a pretty sure, a hesitancy, just get discipled. We're going to be talking about that in our next season of our church. Number three, bottled. Bottled. The grapes go through crushing to open it up. That's salvation. Then they get pressed. That's being discipled. But then there's a whole bottling aspect. All the wine has to go into bottles. That represents discipling someone else. Discipleship. So this one, we're being saved. This one, we are being discipled. And then the last one, we are discipling others. We are pouring into other people. We're investing. It's a, it's a full circle kind of thing. We get saved, we get discipled, and then we start discipling others. There is, it's not a start and finish. It's a, it's a cycle that happens in the kingdom of God. Bottled. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So keep, keep that in mind. Therefore, go and make disciples to two people in the city you live in. Now, the scripture is representative of all people all the time. It's really interesting when watching the wine when it's crushed and pressed and it's bottled. Do you know what the interesting thing about bottling is? The, the liquid takes on the shape of the vessel it's poured into. I always found that interesting. It had no shape before, but when it's poured into a bottle, it takes its full shape. A, it's shaped. Shaped. When we disciple someone, we have this weighty mantle that's put on top of us. Never take discipling someone lightly. Don't do it to check off a box just to say you've done it. You are literally in charge of shaping that person for the rest of your life. It is heavy. 
It is a mantle that God has entrusted you with. It's crazy to think. As you take someone and you disciple them, they are asking for advice and saying, I need to grow, I need to understand. And you say, let me identify your shape. Let me identify your vessel. And as you pour them in, they will take on whatever shape you invest and talk to them about. It is a weighty obligation. It is a weighty thing that God has trusted you with, shaping people as you disciple them. When we disciple, our goal is not to have someone just be excited about, about Jesus and then just say, okay, you're good to go, because that excitement fades. But our goal is to shape people so they have a lifelong fullness in the kingdom of God. You have to be shaped. You have to understand your purpose, your identity. That's, that's the lingo we're talking about here. Do you know your contribution to the kingdom? Because that comes with being shaped. B, in bottling, there's a major component called maturing. We also, in the, in the wine industry, I looked it up. It's called vintage. You have to wait so long before opening up a bottle. You know, some people have cellars where it's like years and years and years and years ago, decades ago, just sitting there because that's them mature. So as a discipler discipling someone, our aspect is helping them to mature in the... <laughs> they're going at it in the back. <laughs> our goal is to mature, help people mature in the kingdom of God. That's what we need to do. We, have, we are entrusted by God to help people mature. We are there to disciple we are, not, we are not there to disciple people so that they stay in the same place. That would be awful. It's like, let me, let me spend uh, X amount of weeks with you, and then when you're done, you'll be the exact same. That would be like the biggest waste of time ever. Why would anyone commit to that? On both ends, as a discipler, I want to see them mature but on the other end, that person is saying, I want to mature. I, I want to have a good vintage. I, I want to be better than when I started. Number three, when we're bottled, that represents discipling, there's distribution that happens. Distribution. This is, this is a very outward-focusing message. It's very applicable. When you are bottled, when you are discipled, the end goal is distribution. A vineyard would not exist if all they did was just bottle wine for 50, 60, 70 years and have it sitting in a warehouse. You'd run out of space eventually. No one would ever buy. You couldn't afford to keep planting. You couldn't afford to hire workers. It would just die. Likewise, in Christianity, if we're not distributed into our city, we will die out. I heard a quote someone said once, um, Christianity is always one generation from becoming extinct. If we're not distributed, we will be extinct. 
that's on our, the smallest setting of our individual faith. If we don't put into action, we'll fizzle out, we'll question God, and we'll just give up. That's on a little bit bigger within our families. If we are a patriarch of our family's faith and we give up, we're throwing our children's faith away and our family's faith away. That's on a bigger scale of our church. If we are not distributed, we don't show up and we have to close our doors because no one comes. On the even bigger scale, our city, if we don't share our faith and we're not distributed, our city will cease knowing Jesus. And you keep going bigger and bigger. We have to be distributed. We have to identify what that looks like while we're being discipled. As a discipler, you're stepping in to say, I'm stepping in to see this person take a shape of identity. I'm stepping in to see this person mature in their faith, and I'm stepping in to see this person distributed in their city. That's what it means to disciple someone, and that's what it means to be discipled. We take it really serious at our church, especially when we do the call to joy, especially when we're doing the next things in this year. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see us grow and learn. I'm excited to see the people that are hurting around us, for that hurting to cease because we're able to step in and give them encouragement. I was telling my wife, um, without going to like the whole story, uh, random encounter with um, someone that, you know, play games with and stuff and hang out with, and just dropped a bomb of, of hurt he was going through. So all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, and it was just weighty the rest of the day because I kept thinking, man, I want to do something right now, but this is, this is going to take a season of me investing into this person's life of encouragement, of building up, of seeing transformation. I'm taking that on. And I, I, I want to see this, these kind of things happen in our city. I want to see these kind of things happen in our family members, in our coworkers. But I can't do it by myself. I need all of us to commit to saying, I want to see change happen. I want to see this new wine be experienced within our city. Let's pray.